Welcome back to another episode of Hardwood Junkies. This is episode 17 now. I'm your host, Will. I am joined, as I am every episode, by my good friend and co-host, Chris. How's it going? Good, good, good. Uh, I believe uh, 17 was worn by Jeremy Lin with the Toronto Raptors, if I'm not mistaken. That's the Jeremy Lin episode. Keep in mind, if you want to watch this be recorded live, check out my Twitch, twitch.tv slash themadhatter. You get to hear our awesome producer, Alex, weigh in on topics as well. This week, though, we've got some uh, interesting games going on. Uh, we are currently recording this on the 1st of March. And there are some close games going on tonight that we're going to keep an eye on. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, give you some finals and some box scores of those because... Uh, Utah losing right now. Denver, uh, last I checked, was losing to Chicago as well. And the Nets versus the Spurs was neck and neck last I saw. So we're going to be keeping an eye on those. And hopefully we'll give you updates by the end of the episode. We also have a battle of a couple All-Stars, which was quite the exciting game. And Bradley Beal uh, doing everything. But as we continue to see, it is not enough for Washington to win. Let's get right into this episode. This is the Jeremy Lin episode. So I want to start this off with a battle of some all-stars. Luka Doncic versus Vucevic. The battle of the itch. These guys balled out. Holy crap. Huge nights for both of them. We see Dallas coming out with the win. Doncic leading the way, as always. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Shot incredibly well as well. 55% from the field, 50% from three. And Vucevic with a huge net as well. 29 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists for him. Both of these guys coming super close to a triple-double. And honestly, I think Vucevic's uh, shooting percentages are far more impressive. He only shot 50% from the field, which is 5% less than Doncic. But his 3-point percentage, 62% from 3. We love that efficiency, especially from a big man. A massive night for him. Uh, and then also Evan Fournier. Pouring in some points for uh, Orlando as well with 26 points, 5 rebounds. He had 2 assists as well. I also got to throw out Jalen Brunson had 24 points for Dallas. Shot 69%. Nice. nice. Yeah, uh, we love seeing like massive efficiency. I I personally do. I mean, I don't know about you, but I like seeing really good efficiency shooting nights. Oh, and when it comes down to it, that's what this game was. I mean, you look at these box scores and the uh, team totals and... Both teams from the field shot almost 40%. Or shot almost 50%, sorry. Yeah, the the Mavericks shot 52% as a team from the field. And the Magic shot 49% from the floor uh, as a team. That's insane. But this is even more, like, batshit crazy. The From three, the Mavericks shot 37% as a team. Not great, but okay. Not okay. Not Not that great. But the Magic shot 48% from three as a team. Almost, yeah. Like, just a titch under 49%. Jesus. Yeah, it's insane that they shot almost 50% from deep, and yet they still lost. And I think one of the things we see is the difference in the paint. Uh, the Mavs, uh, I think it was eight. They had eight more points in the paint. Yeah, and it was a six-point game. So Yeah, so that'll do it right there. And then also the blocks. The Mavs really locked down the paint. When you compare them to the Magic, they had six blocks. Orlando only had one. 
So a big discrepancy there as well. Yeah, and also even in uh, from the charity stripe as well, like a ten percent difference. Yeah, that's huge. The Mavs, the Mavs shot eighty-two percent from the charity stripe. The Magic only shot seventy-one percent from the charity stripe. So not great overall. You, you really want to see uh, a higher free throw percentage coming out of teams. And if you're making your shots on the line, that can be the difference between like obviously winning and losing, and that's that's a big part of it there as well. Oh, for sure. And and I mean with. Uh, with the final all-star rosters being announced and everything, I think this game uh, really shows that these two guys are deserving of their spots. Huge nights for both of them. No question about it. And as well, like the three like main stats that you look at when you come into a box score as well, these two guys led every one of them. Points, rebounds, and assists. Those are the three first. Those are the stats that I go to first. Like when I open up a box score. Doncic and Vucevic led both of them for both their teams. Yeah, you can see how important these guys are to their teams as well. Clearly, the leaders. Uh, please get Vucevic on a good team. Come on, man. This guy has suffered on the Magic for far too long now. <laughs> Actually, like, and once again, like, not a great shooting night from Porzingis as well. I don't want to bring this up too often, but... Still seeing him struggle, and uh, I, I will say, because I know this is something that you wanted to keep an eye on, definitely starting to get worried about this guy. Definitely starting to worry. You know what? I, I've been sounding the alarm bell since January with this guy. Like, when he came back, because he didn't look... Yeah. Like, I watched a couple Mavericks games, like, when Kristaps Porzingis came back. Because I was like, okay, like, Dallas has, like, their two their two young studs back, basically. And Porzingis just didn't look right. And, like, the numbers back it up as well. Like, he's had nights where he shot, like, 50% and whatnot from the floor. But I've seen a lot more of these nights where he's shooting 30 30% from the floor, 20% of the floor uh, some nights as well. Like, it's... I'm concerned. Yeah, he's been having a rough go, and it's uh, it's persisting longer than I hoped it would. I, I had a feeling like it was going to go on longer than I think anybody expected. Like, just watch it. Just he just isn't looking himself. I'm not, I'm not sure what the hell it is. It, I don't know if he needs, like, a maintenance day to, like, just not look at the court. And go like watch Netflix or something like that. I I don't know what he does. Like if he has like a maintenance day for himself, he ne- he needs to get his shit together <laughs> at the end of the day. Like I don't know what the hell Mark Cuban has to do. Like drive him to like the casino or something like that if they were open. I don't know. Go to Vegas with him for a weekend. I don't know what you got to do. Like just anything to get this guy going. So another thing that's concerning. You know I'm I'm sure listeners are getting annoyed with me. But I got to bring up the Indiana Pacers because I love them so much. Oh, my God. But they are struggling. Uh, they're currently on a four-game losing streak. They're 15-18 and 18 right now. I mean, they had such a hot start to this season, and they have been plummeting in these past few weeks. Uh, they are, let me see, they are 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. Not a good look for them. Uh, they are out of playoffs right now if, if playoffs were to start today they do not make it they're just below somehow the charlotte hornets <laughs> um they need help i i think it's becoming more and more clear that sabonis and brogdon are not enough on offense uh they they need some more support and they need other guys to step up i want to bring up as well like with the pacers on this losing streak as well like to, I, w- I want to take a look quick peek at the teams that they've lost to over this four-game losing streak. So the last time they won was an overtime win over the Timberwolves, which you should not be going to overtime against the Timberwolves, in my honest opinion. Uh, but they've lost to the Warriors, 
by four, the Celtics by six, the Knicks by three, and then by 14 to the Sixers. Like, th- like three, like two of those teams are have proven themselves to be like the on the upper echelon of teams in the NBA and especially the Eastern Conference and the Celtics and the Sixers and the Knicks are just like a cheat code this year. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Honestly, I think overall, all four of those teams are actually like pretty strong teams. We saw the Warriors get off to a really, really slow start, but I feel like they've been picking it back up uh, fairly quickly recently. I actually saw a stat. They are like first or second in defensive rating in their like past 10 games or something like that. Um, They've actually been really solid. They're locking down everybody. Yeah. They might have found another guy to help them, uh, and that is Edmund Sumner. So already sounds like an Indiana Pacer, because <laughs> they can. This is a one of those teams that just takes like random dudes and makes them good. Like the Pacers have this weird ability to do that, and like most, and that's like a trait of like small market teams as well. Is it they take like guys who like people don't that they don't look at necessarily favorably. Like they know there's some upside, but like they don't know what to do to get it. But like the Pacers will take this guy on and make him good. They've had him since the 17-18 season. But he's only played 74 games through his whole career, 19 of which have been this season. Um, his stats aren't great. So far this season, he's averaging 4, 4.2 points, uh, one and a half rebounds, half an assist, shooting fairly efficient, 50% from the field, uh, 31% from three. Definitely want to see that number go up. He is a shooting uh, slash point guard. So want to see the three-point percentage uh, improve for sure but in this game against the 76ers their lost tonight he dropped 18 points for them in 28 and a half minutes and he shot 50% from the field 7 of 14 if he is able to to keep this up and if he's able to keep producing for them um, he could be a huge piece and I, I was actually uh, cause honestly I haven't heard of this guy before uh, I, the name looked familiar and I I understand now he's been on the Pacers for a long time, so it would just be from me checking Pacers box scores, but obviously he hasn't really stood out. But he stood out to me tonight, uh, enough for me to look him up and stuff, and I actually saw a lot of articles coming out saying that uh, this might be a piece they need to get them back into playoff contention. And don't get me wrong, I don't think this guy is going to push them back to the success that they had towards the start of the season where they were looking at like the third or fourth seed, but... Uh, I mean, if they can get back into playoffs, I think that's a really good look for them. As we've talked about, they're missing pieces right now. They're missing Karis LeVert, who is going to be massive for them when he comes back. They're also missing Jeremy Lamb right now. And I don't think people understand uh, how much value he actually brings for them off the bench. Uh, hopefully, this uh, this young guy is able to, to pick it up and start producing for them. Uh, and if he does, I, I think they will be in a much better spot. But right now, yeah, seeing them struggle. Um, starting to get a little worried, honestly. We're we're hitting, getting close to that uh, halfway point, and fifteen and eighteen is not a good look. Even in the East, it's not a good look. <laughs> it's not a good look in the East, yeah, of course. Uh, it's just with this guy, like, where's he spent most of his time, like in his career, like in the G League? I would assume, like, because I don't know much about because the- uh, because again, he only had like seventy four games played through four years. Uh, and like I said, 19 of those games are this season alone. So he has not seen a lot of NBA action so far. But he's only 25 years old. So 25, like that's kind of getting to the age of like not much development left. 
per se. Like, like you're kind of getting to the point now around 25 where it's like, you're going to be what you're going to be in a sense. Like there might be some room to improve like uh, your defensive ability or like something on offense. Uh, yeah. Uh, if he, if he can uh, keep producing, like, like that's good. Good for him. But like he, at the end of the day, like he's a guy who averages four points a game. Like he's played 70 something games. Like he's played a lot of games this year, but at the end of the day, like how many minutes does this guy average anyways? Do you happen to have that in front of you? Every time I've seen an uh, Indiana box score, I haven't really seen this guy all that much. So, uh, he is averaging 10 minutes a game this season. He's part of the rotation. Like that's, that's good to see. But at the end of the day, like, like I, I'm not putting much stock if I'm Indiana into a guy who averages four points and comes in and plays ten minutes and uh, really helping turn your season around until he can do what he did tonight more consistently. Oh, for sure. But but I think it's a good sign that tonight he got those. Uh, it was like twenty four and a half minutes he played and put up eighteen points. Like that is very solid. Also shooting fifty percent. Um, it's it's a good showing, and I I hope that. For the Pacers' sake, I really hope that he can keep it up. Uh, I'd also like to quickly shout out Malcolm Brogdon, who actually had a decent shooting night for once. Uh, it was against, and it's against a good team. <laughs> so I, I will say it's uh, I, I feel it's a lower point total than you hope to see from this guy, though. I mean, he did shoot very efficiently, fifty-three percent from the field, but only twenty points. Uh, I, I think we need more production from this guy as well. Yeah, 100% at the end of the day. Like, you need you need more. All right, the next game that I want to talk about is Washington versus Boston. Bradley Beal puts up 46 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, and it still isn't enough for them to win. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, why are we going to talk about the Boston Celtics again? <laughs> and then you told me that, and I was, or not the Boston Celtics, the uh, Washington Wizards again. Then you told me that, and I'm like, yeah. That's fair. I I see why you want to talk about the Washington Wizards again. Uh, and I will say, even Westbrook didn't have a bad night either. He put in uh, 24 points, 11 rebounds of his own. Um, yeah, he he shot 46% from the floor. Yay! Again, that's probably a career high for him. Um, Absolute career high for this guy. And Bertans, uh, doing what Bertans does best, putting up 20 points, all from the three-point line. Or most, I guess. I, I think he shot a few free throws, but otherwise... Shot five three free throws and made all five. But all of his uh, all of his shots, aside from the free throw line, came from beyond the arc. He was 5 for 9, 55.6%. I mean, this guy is just a sharpshooter. <laughs> like, he is, he is probably one of the best shooters in the league right now, if I'm being honest probably the best shooting power forward in the league uh, at the very least, especially since we're seeing uh, Przingis struggle. Yeah, 100%. And this guy, like, we talked about this guy earlier where I think he had, like, what, like, nine threes in a game? Yeah, he, he went off. <laughs> yeah, he had, like, nine threes a game in a game and had, like, 35 points. It was insane. And <laughs> and it was just an absolute career night for him. And, you know, this is exactly what I expect out of uh, Bertans at this point. But I also have a really interesting stat for you about Bradley Beal. All right. In the times that Brad, 
I believe Bradley Beal has scored uh, more than 40 points, I believe, 10 times or something like that this season. Or it's either season or career. And every time the Washington Wizards have lost. Ooh. That. Yikes. Yeah. It's. That does not feel nice. Yeah. That's a stat. That's like a little fact that I saw on Twitter. And I, and I, and I saw it and I'm like, that can't be true. And I looked it up and it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, this guy drops 40 points and like you can guarantee a loss for the Wizards. <laughs> like it's kind of sad at the end of the day for that to happen uh it, it's just heartbreaking because like the celtics won this game by one point at the end of the day oh it was crazy close and to highlight some of the guys from the celtics tatum uh led the way for boston with 31 points eight rebounds he grabbed three steals as well uh and kembach what the fuck did i just say kembach. <laughs> and uh kemba and Thies really stepped up with jalen brown missing uh, getting 21 points and 20 points, respectively. Thies also tallied up nine boards and was hot with 72% from the field. Uh, eight for 11. I mean... Incredible stat line for a big guy. You can't really ask for more than that, right? I mean, when you're going up against Moritz Wagner, I, I would totally expect Daniel Tice to just bully the <laughs> fuck out of that guy. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, although Wagner got the start, he did only play like 12 and a half minutes. It was mostly uh, Robin Lopez. Uh, still, I would expect Tice to bully Lopez. As the main big man. Uh, that's fair. Lopez is getting a little old. <laughs> yeah, Lopez is getting old, and I just think Tice is kind of better than Robin Lopez right now. Uh, and Kemba had eight assists as well. Uh, do you want to see his shooting improve? He only shot 41% from the field tonight. I'd like to see that increase. Uh, he did shoot 43% from three, however, which is very solid. Uh, shot three for seven as well, and four for five from the line too. That's pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I want to see that field goal percentage go up, though. 41% is uh, it's fine, but I, I think he can do better than that. Yeah, it's not something you're writing home about at the end of the day. Like, Yeah. Uh, and since we love efficiency here, let's, uh, let's give a shout-out to Javante Green as well. Eight points, shot four for five though, eighty percent from the field. So made he only got five shots, but he he made them count, hitting four. Yeah. Uh, also, Tice did as well too. I know we mentioned him, but like seventy three percent shooting eight for eleven. That's really eight, eight for eleven is insane. That is really good uh, for anybody to shoot that. And like, if he's not facing much defense, honestly, from Lopez because he's just eating his like breakfast lunch and dinner in front of him like you you like to see that though from tice like uh there was a small ball lineup like last year in the bubble uh between the raptors and the celtics and like games this rap the raptors went with this weird small ball lineup in the fourth quarter for game six and seven and just watching tice feast on og and obi was really sad for like str like large portions of the game of both games was it was just sad to see and uh, essentially that's like the vibe I'm getting here from Tice is he just like feasted down low. Yeah. Well, and I want to, I want to give a little comparison here, looking at the uh, team comparisons, some huge numbers stand out to me. The first big one is the free throw percentage. Whoo. Yeah. Washington shot 16% higher from the free throw line. Then the Celtics, 86.2% for the Wizards, 70% for the Celtics. The other big stat, the Celtics dominated the board in this game. 49 rebounds to 36. 
Uh, that is a massive difference. Another big difference. Celtics with 25 assists. Wizards only picking up 16. Uh, but then we're bouncing back to Wizards positive here. Five blocks for them. None for the Celtics. And you've got 19 turnovers coming out of the Celtics team. Uh, only 14 for the Wizards, which honestly, they have Russell Westbrook. I mean, that's like... That's how many turnovers he gets in a, in in one night. So having only fourteen for the whole team is super good for them. Uh, I'd also like to point out uh, with Westbrook, him and Beal were tied for tur- turnovers with five uh, on the Wizards. Everybody else who had a turnover that night just had one. Yeah, that's really that's really not good. But it's not nineteen. <laughs> so yeah. Um, it, I, I mean, looking at the team comparison though, I think you can really see why this game was so close. That free throw percentage shooting is uh, pretty big five blocks is also a big difference and a five turnover difference is pretty huge uh, I mean the points off turnovers Wizards with 24 Celtics only 17 so you see where the point differential comes in and uh, but you see why it's only a one point game overall 111 to 110 very close game all right let's check back in quickly with some of the games happening tonight because we have a few finals to update you on Denver comes out the win over Chicago uh, not surprising, but what is surprising is that it was only a six-point win, one eighteen to one twelve. Uh, I mean, Denver is a team that I think should just destroy the Bulls. Um, and I mean, Jokic did uh, thirty-nine points, fourteen rebounds, nine assists. He had a steal and two blocks as well. Shot sixty percent from the field. Uh, took three threes, didn't hit any of them. Not a fan of that, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is a huge night, but it's kind of expected for Mokic at this point, I feel. Uh, the, the, the score that I want to go over for for Denver is my boy MPJ, because he's been struggling, but a massive night for him. Uh, 17 points, which isn't anything crazy for him, but he's got 15 rebounds. He had an assist, a steal, and a block, so putting in work everywhere. But he was 7 of 10 from the field, 70%, uh, and he was 2 for 4 from three as well 50% there so really efficient night for him uh happy to see that because we've seen him struggle from time to time through this season yeah for sure and hashtag efficiency uh because it's fucking great efficiency like just ooh, it's it's nice to see like when guys are shooting like 70% um with actual substantial uh field goal attempts as well uh and uh, I want to highlight one other player on the Nuggets, uh, Canada's finest, Jamal Murray. Uh, 24 points, a couple boards, three assists, and a block. Shot 8 of 14 for 57%, and 4 of 8 from downtown, 50% right there. And also perfect 4 for 4 at the line. Really efficient night for him as well. Uh, we're continuing to see disrespect for my boy, Bull Bull. Zero minutes this game. Very disappointing. <laughs> I, I has Bobo even played at all this year? Yeah, he's had a few minutes here and there. Not not many though. I'd say he's maybe had like twenty minutes total this this season so far. It's not a lot. If he's on a t- if he's on a two way contract, Denver, if you're listening, please <laughs> send him to the G League bubble. Get him playing because any type of competition, he's he's way too good for the G League though. He would obliterate guys in the G League, dude. If he even if he was obliterating guys in the G League right now, like it's still minutes right now. Denver, if you're listening, trade this guy. You can get 
you can get value for him because he has so much potential. Uh, and uh, teams that are rebuilding are going to want that guy. Uh, and Chris, since I know it's going to pain you, I will allow you to do the honors of giving us Zach Levine's stat line from tonight. Why are you like this? <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. All right. Everything looks fine and dandy so far. 23 points, 9 boards, 5 assists, a steal and a block. That's a pretty solid night right there. That's not bad at all. Uh, yeah, not bad at all. Putting him work, but he needs to be putting him work at his field goal percentage because he shot 45%. Not terrible. Not awful. But that's that's actually not bad at all. I am okay with that number. Yeah, that's okay. I, I take that. Uh the number I'm not okay with is shooting thirteen percent from downtown. He shot one of eight from downtown. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that we've kept talking up as as a guy that uh doesn't just dunk, but you look at this box score <laughs> and you start thinking does this guy just dunk? <laughs> and I, I, he doesn't, but uh, a rough night from him from three. Yeah. Uh, also, wasn't perfect at the line either with like some sort of substantial attempts. He shot four of six from the line. You kind of want more from that, in my opinion. That's that's something you want more more of there. And uh, on top on top of that, like I don't like looking at plus minus either. Uh, it's not a great stat in my opinion in any sport, uh, but he was still minus twenty. Like that—that's. It's not a stat I put a lot of weight in, but I see that and I'm like, ooh, that's rough. You did not have a fun time out there. I can guarantee you that. Like he only played thirty-one minutes though this game too. On top of it, so. So another game that we can go over that is now finished is. The Jazz versus the Pelicans. And the Pelicans come out with the win, 129 to 124. Uh, not expected at all. I mean, the Jazz are 27 and 8 so far this season, whereas the Pelicans are only 15 and 19. Huge discrepancies here. Uh, this is a number one team going up on the 11th seed. You kind of expect this to be a blowout, but a uh, five point win for the Pelicans. Very impressive. Yeah, we're uh, Utah. Where it feels like Utah like lost the game was that third quarter. They got a forty piece dropped on them by the Pelicans. Yeah, a forty piece. And they got a twenty four. Yeah, a sixteen point difference. It's huge. Also, to end the second quarter, the Jazz also dropped forty one on the Pelicans. Like if you drop forty one on a team in a quarter, yeah, ninety nine percent of the time you're gonna win that game. <laughs> Not if the other team just comes right back in the next quarter, drops forty on you though. Also, unless you're the Sacramento Kings, they did that earlier this year. They dropped 40, I think, on the Raptors, and they lost the game. It, it was really funny. I got to go over the team comparison here really quick because uh, looking at this, you see how the Pelicans got the win. Field goal percentage. The Pelicans shot 56.5%. The Jazz, 45.5%. Three-point percentage, and this is the huge one. The Jazz shot just under 40%. Not great. The Pelicans... 63.6% from the three-point line as a team. That is insane. This is like J.J. Reddick's wet dream right here. That's huge. Uh, free throw percentage, the Jazz come out on top, but not by much. 83.3% for the Jazz, 78.3% for the Pelicans. Only a 5% difference, uh, not that massive. Uh, the rebounds, 53 for the Pelicans, only 39 for the Jazz. 
Pelicans also win the assist matchup, 27 to 26. Uh, Jazz get two more blocks, but I mean, they've got the stifled tower. That's not surprising. Pelicans come out 13 turnovers, whereas the Jazz only have nine. Uh, 15 to 14. So Jazz not capitalizing <laughs> on those turnovers at all. Uh, the other huge number, which is, it, it, I want to say it's insane, because the Jazz have Rudy Gobert. But the Pelicans have one of my favorite players, Steven Adams, and Zion Williamson. Steven Adams, nicest dude in the NBA. <laughs> like uh, I think without a doubt. Uh, but the points in the paint, the Jazz with 56, the Pelicans, 74. Oh, my. Well, when you have Zion Williamson down there like he just doesn't miss like that that that's just a given at that point like zion just doesn't miss from down low uh i want to jump into uh the pelicans though like off of that as well uh pretty big nights uh from some of their guys uh brandon ingram and zion both had 26 points uh ingram ingram had uh four boards five assists a block shot 55 percent, and didn't take any threes either yeah I, I just noticed that that's insane yeah Ingram didn't take any threes. He was perfect from the line four for four as well. Uh, it, all in 38 minutes of work, too. Like That's a pretty solid night and a huge contribution that the Pelicans needed. Uh, for Zion, 33 minutes, 26 points, uh, 10 boards. So a double-double for Zion there. Five helpers and the steal. Uh, shot 59% from the field, 10 of 17. Also didn't take any threes. Not as surprising. But still surprising. I mean, <laughs> slightly surprising. Uh, and one more guy I want to quickly shout out here: uh, Lonzo Ball, twenty-three points, seven rebounds, five or eight assists. My bad, uh, and a couple blocks. Shot fifty-six percent and sixty percent from three, three of five from three. Lonzo, if you're listening to this, you are good at basketball play basketball do this more often dude you do nothing half the time on the court you just stand there and like it seems like you're afraid to try and score you're good at basketball your three point percentage has gone up so much through these past couple seasons like start shooting the ball don't be afraid to do it get the ball out of bledsoe's hands please <laughs> yeah for real like uh he and you can I can vouch that like this guy has brought up his three point his three point percentage over his career he shot uh thirty five percent coming to this year, and this year he's shooting thirty nine percent from three. So his numbers are going up there. His free throws are also improving seventy six percent this year from the free throw line for a career average of fifty three percent. Like and it, his effective field goal percentage is also up by about six points as well on top of it from forty nine to fifty five throughout this season. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think one of the main things with Lonzo is he, he is just afraid to attack. Um, and you, you can't play like that, man. If you want to be a, a, a top guard in the league, you got to have that killer instinct, man. you got to go for those points. Um, I, I know you're playing with Zion and, and uh, Brandon Ingram, but like you can produce as well. <laughs> don't be afraid. You don't need to pass the ball every time, uh, although he does it fantastically. Don't get me wrong. I, I want to see more games like this from him because I think he's capable of it. Uh, I, I, another guy that I want to highlight really quick, J.J. Redick, 17 points. 
He shot five of eight, three of four from the uh, three-point line as well. Really efficient night from him, as expected. But uh, I'd also I'd also like to point out over the last fourteen games for the for Lonzo Ball. Just back to quickly Lonzo for a second. He's had double digits in the last fourteen games in scoring as well. Uh, over those fourteen games as well. Uh, his shooting, he shot around 45% from the field. Like He's had a couple stinker nights in there too, of course, because nobody shoots perfectly every night. Uh, but he shot over that uh, time. He attempts around eight threes, eight threes a game over those 14 games and shooting 45% from downtown. You're good at basketball, dude. Play like it. <laughs> like That's just over the last 14 games. Small sample size. Yeah, it, it's so frustrating. I mean, if Santi was here, if Santi was here, he'd be tearing his hair out because I, I know he feels the same as I do. Like, uh, you've got Eric Bledsoe, who I'm sorry, it just does not fit this uh, modern NBA, and is honestly just bad in this modern NBA. Uh, and yet he is always looking to attack for some reason. And then on the other hand, you have Lonzo, who actually who fits into this team so well I think and and has been improving his shooting percentages overall and yet he's just not willing to do anything it, it feels other than than pass uh also uh, I got a question for you uh he what's his like highest point total Lonzo's highest point total this season would you happen to know uh not offhand but if I were to take a guess I'd say like honestly probably tonight I want to say 23 seems like a, a a pretty high number for him overall. I'd say like 28 at most. I, I can't see him scoring more than 28 in a night. You're one off. It's 27. He did that against the Bucks. 27. Okay. Yeah. He did that against the Bucks uh, back at the end of January. And I, honestly, I, again, I, I, I feel like he can do that more often. I want to see him do that more often. Yeah, absolutely. And I do too. I really want him to as well. Also, those 14 games that I mentioned uh, before do not include tonight's game. Because that's not up on basketball reference yet. I want to swap over and just talk about the Jazz really quick. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Really big night for him. 31 points. He had 7 rebounds as well. 3 steals. Shot 52% from the field. 63% from 3. Uh, putting in work. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, obviously. Uh, Gobert also had 22 points. 9 rebounds. He had 5 blocks. <laughs> Yeah, that's... Stifle Tower kicking in. Also shot 69% from the field. Nice. nice. <laughs> uh, and I think one of the reasons we see them getting the loss here, despite uh, guys pouring in points, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, I feel like this is the same sort of thing with Zach Levine. 21 points, solid. Four rebounds, solid. Eight assists, uh, a pretty high for him overall. But he shot 33% from the field, and... The exact same from three uh, as we saw from Zach Levine. One of eight, shooting 12.5%. An off night for him. Yeah. Uh, guys are going to have stinkers. It happens. Uh, but like the previous game against the Magic, uh, he shot 52% from the floor as well. Uh, game before that against the Heat, the Heat shot 42%. Like he, And then the game against the Lakers where he really struggled. Uh uh, shooting 25%. We talked about that game before uh, on last episode. Uh, for, and then sh- 
going back after that, it's like in the forties again. Like he, it, it, it's just one of those nights where you just have a stinker. Like, and it happens. Yeah, and it, it sucks uh, a, a night where they really needed it because, I mean, if he would have hit a few more of those, <laughs> this would this would have gone differently. Only a five-point win overall for New Orleans. Super close game. Uh, and, and another guy that, that struggled, Mike Connolly. Ten points, three rebounds, eight assists, which is pretty solid. Two steals, not bad. Uh, but 33% from the field, 33% from three. Yeah, you need more out of him, too. Like Another just rough night and jordan clarkson still making his case to be six man of the year still making his case <laughs> uh this dude has been insane 20 points five rebounds four assists one steal 50 percent from the field 43 percent from three not fantastic from three but uh solid overall you're happy with that number overall if you have that coming off the bench like you have almost nothing to complain about <laughs> like that like that those are solid numbers coming off the bench and easily playing himself into six man of the year like and it it's gonna be interesting to see if uh the people who vote on these awards agree that this guy is six man of the year which i hope they do because like he's been a very very big piece and why the jazz have been so successful this year and the last game that we want to talk about for tonight uh the nets versus the spurs unfortunately I think I might have jinxed it for the Spurs because they end up losing by 11. Um, 124 to 113 for the Nets. Brooklyn uh, getting big nights out of Harden. (laughs) Massive night for Harden. 30 points, 14 rebounds, 15 assists, two steals. Uh, Shot really well as well. Uh, 52% from the field, 43% from three. Uh, Kyrie having a solid night as well. 27.6 rebounds, 7 assists. He didn't shoot too well from the field overall. He was 9 of 24. Uh, 37.5%, not great. But 6 of 10 from 3, 60%. So, solid from deep. Um, And Bruce Brown stepping up as well with the absence of uh, Kevin Durant. He had 23 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 blocks. Sorry, uh, one assist, two steals, and shot super efficiently. I mean, if someone showed me this box score and then told me that the Nets found a way to get the uh, Space Jam ball where it saps the powers and gives it to someone else, I would believe you. Because, I mean, this guy is shooting like Kevin Durant here. Six, 77% from the field, 10 of 13. 66.7% from three, two for three from there. Uh, crazy efficient night for him. Bruce Brown sapping Kevin Durant's powers using that space jam ball. <laughs> Shooting crazy efficiently. 77% from the field, 66.7% from three. Yeah, yeah, that's super efficient. I love to see that. Uh, like, just Chris and that efficiency. Yeah, 100%, Alex. Um, and this was an overtime win as well. Yeah, uh, our producer Alex as well wanted to inform us, like for the recording as well, that this was the first game since 2002. So the Jason Kidd era, New Jersey Nets, when they were still in Jersey, won a game in San, a regular season game in San Antonio. That's insane. Uh, another guy I want to highlight, uh, efficient coming off the bench as well, uh, Nick Claxton, uh, set in 17 minutes played. Uh, scored 17 points, a point per minute. That's 
are that's already impressive enough. Uh, uh, three three boards, an assist, a steal, and three blocks on top of it. Shot seven to nine from the field, seventy eight percent, and missed his only three that he took. That's the one thing I'll give him. Missing your threes, man. Uh, talk about a guy coming off the bench and missing a three as well. Andre Roberson, just a massive night out of this guy. Oh my <laughs> god. In six minutes and 41 <laughs> seconds, he had zero points, one rebound, one assist, zero steals, zero blocks, and missed the only shot he took. <laughs> and it was a three. And he had one turnover <laughs> and one foul. Wow. He literally came in and did nothing. <laughs> Tyler Cook would have been more efficient than him. And Tyler Cook played 14 seconds and did nothing. <laughs> uh, I, I also want to point out, though, Brooklyn's guards here are super efficient as far as uh, turnovers go. Between Harden and Irving, zero turnovers. Neither of them turned the ball over at all. Which is weird for James Harden. Yeah, I mean, normally he's putting on a Russell Westbrook impression, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, they both played in OKC, so they probably taught each other a thing or two. <laughs> uh, and then looking at the other side of this box score here, DeMar DeRozan leading the way for San Antonio with 22.6 rebounds, 11 assists. Uh, shot 43% from the field. Not great. Took one three and missed it as well. Typical uh, DeMar. from the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lonnie Walker and DeJounte Murray, though, both pouring in 19 points. Really solid. Uh, Walker also had four rebounds, four assists, one steal, two blocks, uh, only shot 41% from the field, but 50% from three. Very solid there. And Murray had six rebounds, eight assists. He shot 53.3% from the field. So solid nights out of those guys as well. Yeah, for sure. You love to see it as well. And I want to give a shout out to Raptors legend and afterthought of a specific trade. Jakob Pertl. <laughs> 36 minutes. He had 14 points. 12 boards. Nice double-double there, my guy. Two assists, a steal, and a block. Shot 88% from the field. Seven of eight. You love to see it. Yeah, and honestly, I, I remember when uh, when the trade first happened. I know Greg Popovich was really high on uh, Pirtle here. He, he's been, uh, an, honestly, a really solid addition for them. I think a guy that actually gets overlooked for this team he puts in work he's, he's just very efficient uh does what you need a big to do <laughs> he was an afterthought in that Kawhi Leonard trade to Toronto he was like oh yeah that Jakob Pertl guy is also going to San Antonio like he was the afterthought guy he, he may have been an afterthought for uh a majority of people for, from the outside but uh like I said Greg Popovich I know uh big fan of this guy I I think it, it was uh i i think he was a piece that he was looking to acquire in that trade i don't think it was an afterthought at all for him and at, at the end of the day like uh you look at like how the trade how that trade has sort of played out especially for san antonio like the yeah the raptors got a ring out of it and danny green and Kawhi leonard left after one year but there's the spurs are still getting like return dividends like demar Derozan is the guy for this team in San Antonio. He is option number one and probably number two on top of it. Like he he takes long twos, he doesn't make threes a lot. 
but he's still DeMar DeRozan at the end of the day. Like, he's still loved here in Toronto as well, but he's still a fantastic basketball player. And they and Pirtle's slowly becoming, like, one of, like, the, like, a good player for this team. 100%. Like, I, I love, I love how, uh, he's progressed like ever since like he's taken like the uh, the opportunity he's been given to him in san antonio yeah and uh honestly this is a guy that i've been wanting to to highlight as well because he has been having a fantastic season um yeah for 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 like his standards as well too uh, looking at it, he, he's averaging 20 points this this year, which is on par with his career average. Uh, averaging 4.8 rebounds, which is only slightly higher than his career rebounds. But th- this is where the big numbers come out. So through his career, he's averaged 3.7 assists. This season, he's averaging 7. Big jump there. Ball's going through him more often, and he's setting up his guys. His field goal percentage through his career has been 46%. This season, 494 yeah, that's moving in the right direction. That might not seem like much, but that is a that's a big difference. That is a huge difference. <laughs> um, and his three point percentage has improved a lot as well uh, through his career. Average twenty eight point four this season, thirty two point seven. Yeah, uh, obviously getting a lot more looks and stuff like that from three or actual three, and not you know very deep two. Uh, which was just like a meme sort of thing. Like when we talk about DeMar DeRozan, like this guy is like a Hall of Famer at shooting long twos. <laughs> like, cause his toe is always on the three point line. I just don't know how this guy does it anyways. <laughs> yeah. And, and his efficiency rating as well has gone up by four uh, through his career. He's been at 18.3 this year. He's at 22.3. Just also shy of four wind chairs this year too. That's, that's pretty that's pretty impressive as well. Uh, effective field goal percentage is up by four as well. But uh, a number I, you didn't uh, mention, and I really want to bring up his his percentage from the line, from the charity stripe. Career average, 83%. This season, in 2020-2021, DeMar DeRozan is an 89% free throw shooter. Yeah, 6% jump, which is massive. That is massive. That is a lot more points and. Debo, I miss you. <laughs> but yeah, he he's been absolutely fantastic. He has been phenomenal. Uh would not be surprised to see him get traded come trade deadline because uh it's it's a guy that will help a team win. If a team like, oh, I don't know, the Indiana Pacers maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking to add like somebody with like a bit more of a history of being like a reliable guy, but don't look at his playoff history. It's kind of sus. Like, just putting it politely. Uh, it's very sus. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, uh, if you're looking for, like, a guy who can, like, get you back to that playoff conversation and, like, put somewhat useful minutes for you on the floor in the playoffs, this is a guy you should be calling about and seeing what do you want. <laughs> The last thing that I wanted to talk about before we wrap up the episode, and uh, I don't have a ton to say about it, just something that I wanted to touch on. Uh, Victor Oladipo turns down a $45.2 million two-year contract uh, offered by the Houston Rockets. Buddy, Victor, this is your opportunity to get paid 
I know it's not for long, but that money sets you up for the rest of your life, dude. You, We don't know what Victor Oladipo is at this point anymore because of all the injuries he's had and how he just can't stay healthy. Like, Is he like that great player that he was been hyped up to be? He's played like it at times, for sure. And I think this is probably the only max offer I think he'll end up getting. And um, I, I don't know about that. I think he's been pretty solid this year. Uh, I, I know he's he's still playing like every other day. Um, oh fuck. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, you said okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't know if this is the only one that he's gonna get. I, I think someone will offer him money. I, I think someone will probably offer him a, a max contract as well. This guy has been really solid. I know he's still only playing every other game, but uh, honestly, with the injury that he had, I think we're uh, pretty lucky overall to see him playing basketball at all. Uh, it, it, it's an injury that not everyone comes back from. And honestly, his stats have been better this year than in previous years. Through his career, he's averaging 17 points, four rebounds, four assists. This year, he's averaging 19.4 points, 5.2 rebounds, 4.6 assists. We have seen his uh, shooting percentages drop uh, a little bit. He's dropped 3% on the field goal, 2% on the three point shot and uh, a little under 5% from the free throw line but this is a guy that can still produce that's it's a little concerning as well like he's his ability from the line has dropped like almost five points that's concerning like I, I, I think that's not a crazy thing to say that it's concerning but uh, yeah at the end of the day like uh, that was his opportunity like i Going into free agent, I believe he's going into free agency, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, yeah, he is because he got. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is the last year in his contract. Contract extension. Yep. Free agency. Uh, at the end of the day, like I will say, he's he's also only 28. No other team can offer him like the money that Houston just offered him. I, I think someone will. I I personally would have taken the money if I was him because it, that's money that like to prove myself like starting that contract i'm a guy that can play every day i'm a guy that can like like the injuries are behind me now uh i i i th- i think this is probably going to be the last season uh that we see him on limited minutes and, and only playing every other game i think next year he is going to be back to uh maybe not 100 percent. like uh they'll they'll probably still rest him on like back-to-back nights and stuff but he's not going to be playing. Like I think he'll be playing uh, pretty much every game for the most part next season. And this guy is only 28 as well. I mean, like he he could be coming back in. Um, he he's he's just starting to hit his prime now. So, uh, I I I'm not sure if I I'm not sure if I agree with you. I I, I think there will be another team that'll that'll offer him some money. And I think he's a guy that can still uh, produce for a team. Yeah. Like he he definitely could produce. That's the thing. Like, but at the end of the day, like, what Victor Oladipo, uh, what his production will be for the rest of this year, next year, and probably the year after is like what he's going to be. Like that's gonna be like prime time. Like, this is like my peak of my career, basically. Unless he's just like an absolute freak in nature, like Kyle Lowry, and next thing you know, he like averages like a shit ton of points when he's like. 34 or something like that he also might just want to weigh his options as well um 
he he might want to uh see about going to a different team uh it i, I mean it might not be about the money for this guy it might be about more about location and uh who's who he's playing with and stuff and um i i don't i, I haven't heard any complaints for him uh, about being in houston and it, they seem like a uh, a fairly um cohesive team and everything like they all seem to get along very well overall um but who knows he might want to play somewhere else he might have a, a guy in mind that he wants to try and team up with or something right like we, we do see this happen where guys will turn down money to uh go to a specific team or play with a specific guy so that could also be the case for him that's a fair point as well i i would agree with that uh i don't uh with uh oladipo as well he turns 29 in may as well by the way uh producer alex has just given us an update james harden's stat line from tonight uh puts him along the names of john stockton chris paul and lebron james as the only players to record 30 plus points 15 plus assists and zero turnovers in a game uh, since 1985 and he's also the first one to do it while getting a triple double hashtag historical he had 14 boards on the night as well so uh yeah just a huge night for him one for the books for sure uh chris do you have anything else that you want to add for this episode i'm still waiting for whenever the hell the toronto raptors are going to play again because they've just been suspended due to covid that's just basically the entire existence of the Toronto Raptors recently. <laughs> yeah. Suspended by Hopefully, COVID. Hopefully uh, their their players get cleared and are, are good to come back. Definitely want to see them hit the court again soon. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hardwood Junkies. If you want to follow me on social media, make sure to check me out on Facebook and Instagram at Will Rolling on air. And I'm on Twitter at Will Rolling Live. Chris, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, definitely not on Mars because I'm not Elon Musk. Um, but yeah, for socials, you can find me over on Twitter and Instagram at Chris underscore on air. There's some fun times to be had there. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe.